0: Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. on! Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. I hope Eli has
1: a great year and Daniel never sees the field. I mean, I would be in an ideal world that you'd like to see that, so... Um, but, again, it's um, at the end of the day, it's going to be a decision by the head coach as to when you know, or if Daniel ends up playing this year. That's
2: John Meyer right there saying he hopes Daniel Jones doesn't see the field. He hopes the rookie is behind Eli Manning, and Eli Manning is getting her done. He's wrong. It doesn't seem likely. Well, he's wrong. Oh, you want him to see the field. Get on with the future? They're not going anywhere anyway? No, I want the Giants to win 58-0. to
1: and so <laughs> Daniel Jones gets on the field extensively in the fourth quarter. Old Wellington Mara did not think that through. That sounds good, but he didn't really think it all the way through. And that's what I am here for, because I am a thinker througher Somebody has to be. A lot of people just see what's right in front of them. I have the ability to get past that and see
2: deeper into space. You get me out in space, and I am tough to tackle. Andrew Luck, he told us he had a calf injury. Turns out it's a high ankle issue, and now the Colts aren't sure he's going to be playing against the Chargers in the opener. I've been dealing with a low ankle sprain, man. It is low, let me tell you. Low, low, low. Something about uh, odd-numbered years and Andrew Luck and injuries. He only played half of 2015. He didn't play in 2017. Here we are in 2019. Everybody knows you
1: only have good luck
2: in even years. How many times have I told you that? The Giants of San Francisco can attest to that. Three titles in five years. Been a lot of talk about the Cowboys signing their stars to deals. Tony Romo, the former Cowboy, now in the CBS broadcast booth, says... It's a matter of when, not if, that the Cowboys sign Ezekiel Elliott, sign Dak Prescott, and sign Amari Cooper. Well, I don't think all three of them are never going to play for the Cowboys again, so I appreciate the boldness in that statement. Antonio Brown on hard knocks, giving us the lowdown on his frostbitten feet. I missed that. Dang it. Hopefully my feet are bored again and I frickin' can run faster. Feel sorry for me later, thank you. So now it's just new skin. Trying to get my feet used to feeling it. We got born again and new skin. But I feel like I got a big patch of just open whoopee cushion, you know? I wish I would have invested into new skin. That would have been awesome. Uh, you (laughs) would be rich right now. You'd be rolling in it, baby. Rolling in the deep. Would you be at the beach or would you be playing golf? Maybe you'd be playing golf at the beach in Maui. Today, no. I think I'd be in Colorado seeing the Diamondbacks go for the sweep. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. is in negotiations with four college football programs to create behind-the-scenes access so they can get a college version of the wildly popular Hard Knocks. Not surprisingly, they're talking to Alabama. They're talking to a couple of Pac-12 schools, Arizona State and Washington State, and they're also talking to Penn State. Yeah,
1: I think they've done more than talk. The cameras were at ASU's practice on, what's today, Monday. So, I mean, it's progressed beyond the conversation stage. Feel like it's happening. Mm-hmm, yeah. And obviously it's the Herm Edwards deal. Their football program has done nothing to deserve any extra attention, but But, Herm is.
2: But you get Leach at Washington State, and you had Herm at Arizona State, so that explains why they're interested in those two schools. Bama, obviously. And unlike anybody around here, ASU's practices are
1: open in their entirety from start to finish. As opposed to the top secret stuff going on here. Yes, and I was speaking to some BYU coaches yesterday, and it's all, it's all
2: about their offense. They're trying to be secretive on their offense. We know that. Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh lashing out at Cincinnati coach Luke Fickello who said Michigan did not support former Wolverine James Hudson's attempt to immediately play for the Bearcats. They can say they didn't undermine it, but they didn't work to help that kid out, Luke said. All the power is in the hands of the school. A player is leaving. Harbaugh responded with, Michigan did not block the waiver. Coaches who hate each other. A little drama there. I don't
1: think coaches control anything. A player can go wherever he wants. It's just, does he get scholarshiped immediately? And is he available to play immediately? Well, that's what he's saying. The player can go there. Right. I mean, Colette went to Utah. When he left the Aggies as they were introducing their starting lineup. So you can go there. They can't block you from going anywhere. They have other things that they can block you on, but they
2: cannot block you from going there. Right. But what the Cincinnati coach was saying was he didn't attempt him to help immediately play. That's where they can have a little bit of control. Is that his job? Well, if you're all about the kid.
0: Not all about the kid. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA.
2: Brooklyn Nets minority owner, Joseph Tsai, will, uh, who owned 49% of the franchise, is going to complete the purchase of the other 51% from the Russian billionaire Mikhail Prokhorov. He's a guy who did the tour of his house for 60 minutes, had all the guns. Was going to totally turn everything around, instead got suckered on a trade in a, Thing went in the dumper. But now, just as they start to rally, apparently he's out. Going to pay $2.35 billion. Highest amount paid for a sports franchise. $2.2 billion for the Panthers last year. Better have pretty deep pockets if you want to own a team. You think if you'd gotten in new skin early, you'd have enough money to own a team? I don't know that I'd want to own a team. Too much of a headache? Too much work?
1: Eh, I'd rather just be a fan. That's what sports are for. I don't ever want to cross the line to where sports are life for me. I like it just the way it is. It's fandom. It's entertainment. You, I
2: watch it. You can turn off the TV and stop thinking about it uh-huh. and go to bed. Yeah, and As opposed to, the to tossing one. and turning. Yeah. Should we trade this guy? Should we fire what? that guy? Uh-oh, we're falling behind. How do we make another $100 million so we can catch up with uh, whatever team? It's if you're, it's your occupation,
1: then it's far, far more important than the way I take it. I take it as entertainment, and it entertains me. And it's nothing more than that.
0: DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And Chris Sale has reached 2,000 strikeouts in the fewest innings in Major League history. He's done it here tonight in Cleveland. And the Red Sox lead it 2 nothing.
2: 2,000 strikeouts for Chris Sale. He's 30 years old, PK. And in this era, you can't pile up the strikeouts. Batters are willing to strike out. So he gets that record, do it in the fewest innings, but isn't someone just going to come along and break that, the way guys are striking out? Uh, yeah, that's a
1: modern-day record or milestone, whatever you want to call it, that really is not by comparison to the former days, for sure.
2: Red Sox top Cleveland 7-6 in 10 innings, they try to keep their wild-card hopes alive. The Dodgers... And it just looks really easy for them right now. They smoked the Marlins fifteen to one. They hit six homers. That's their 80th win. I don't know what it'll be like for them in October, but it looks really easy for them right now. PK, it do. Battle of the Bay, Giants carve out a three-two win. They get back to five hundred. National League Wild Card race. Your Diamondbacks. They got back to back wins. They're uh, a couple games over. It's about a half dozen teams still yeah. battling for that wild card. Could no, go. it's time for them to lose a couple games. <laughs> they're they're essentially a five hundred team. Oh yeah, they've been sixty one and fifty nine. I,
1: I don't think they've had a three or four game winning streak all season. They just lose a couple, win a couple, blah blah back forth, win, go up by two over five hundred, and then go to next series and take one of three, fall back to five hundred,
3: and back and forth.
2: They are two and a half games out of the wild card. The Giants are three and a half out right now. It's the Nationals and the Cardinals who are holding the wild card berth at this moment. Correct. The bees were swept by the Iowa Cubs, five to two, the final. The bees have a day off. Open home series against El Paso tomorrow night at Smiths Ballpark. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. It's Shamrock Plumbing. 801 295 1690.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention. Top of the wire on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Washington Redskins have rebuffed multiple teams' offers to trade for seven-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle Trent Williams, who's holding out of training camp due to his concerns with regards to growth on his head and how it was treated over the years. It's unknown if a new contract or more guaranteed money on his current deal would appease him. Dallas Cowboy quarterback turned CBS commentator Tony Romo said the Cowboys are going to sign Elliott Prescott and Cooper to new deals. It's a matter of when, not if. Major League Baseball, Minnesota beat Milwaukee 7-5. Twins move back into first place in the American League Central. Half game in front of Cleveland. Mariners take down the Tigers 11-8 as Kyle Seeger goes deep three times. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy. If you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness Cryotherapy and ask about The Zone Listener Specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit Restore.com for more details.
0: The Big Show. The
2: voice of the BYU Cougars, he's Greg Rubel. I feel that
3: Jeff Grimes believes he's got a pretty solid number one offensive line. There are just enough returning receivers Somebody will emerge from that group. Tight end is always going to be solid with Matt Bushman. And Zach Wilson has impressed the staff, how well he's come back from the surgery. And there's a good backup in Jaron Hall. Add in these 50-year running back. you got your leading touch guy back from last year in Lopini Katoa. And the pieces are there. It's essentially a veteran offense back from last year. Now, there were steps to take. BYU needs to score more and probably for their own wishes to more or throw more productively, but the ingredients are there often. If
0: you've missed any of the big show, go to 1280thezone.com. This is the big show on 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
2: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Master Electrical at Master Electrical. We'll light up your day. Give us a call at 801 543 2222. We'll be right on our way. That's 801 543 2222. PK, you went down to BYU, talked to the folks yesterday, and Stuart Mandel, I don't know, did you talk to anyone about uh, the travel plans and how many Cougar fans are going to be showing up? You got a post here, a DJ and PK, BYU expected to have 7,000 fans at the Tennessee game in Knoxville. How can anybody argue with Stuart Mandel's opinion that BYU has a Power 5 fan base?
1: Yeah, I saw that on the internet, so therefore it must be true, that they have sold uh, their allotment of their lower-level allotments in that uh, stadium there in Knoxville. And the Alumni Association has sold another 3,000 or so. So they're expecting over 7,000 fans to make their way. That would be BYU fans, of course, making their way into that stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee, to see the beloved Cougars. And then I saw Stuart Mandel. You're big on these dudes who write, then. You grew up when writing was where it was at, so you put a lot of power into their words. And he said, Power Five fan base always has been. Always frigging has has been. been." Think (laughs) about that.
2: Ruminate on that, young fellas. The shots were immediately fired. The rivalry game must be close. Rob immediately posted, so there'll be as many fans there as there are at any of the Cougars' home games. Taking shots. So, yeah. The rivalry game is close. There was a
1: fella on Twitter who went after old Stewie and said... To the effect they can't even sell out their own stadium. Get back to me when they sell out their stadium. It was Dustin is his name. Dustin. Dustin the Wind.
2: Said get back
1: to me when they can fill their stadium. Well, Stu, Stu ain't a backer downer. (laughs) (laughs) A what? He ain't no backer downer. He came back and said their average attendance is higher than your stadium's capacity. Capacity. Boom! Mic drop. Why is that a problem for Ute fans to recognize that BYU has a national fan base following? I don't understand that. Because they want to minimize them and they
2: want them to go away.
1: But that they're not going away. You can beat them on the field. That's how you minimize them. Yes. And you've done that repeatedly. But they're not going away. So I want pollution to go away. I want cancer for children to go away. And if it can go away for adults, even better. I would prefer we have no
2: wars on this planet. You're going to go John Lennon on me in a minute here. I know how you are about your 4 X ex-Beatles. I would prefer all sorts of stuff
1: that is not going to happen. Let's get rid of the honor. Let's discuss, should BYU do away with the honor code?
2: Groundhog Day. <laughs> Down air. <laughs> Ute fans, where are you? How are you hanging on? So
1: they're not going to go away. Who cares what amount of fans they have and if they travel? Because they do. I've been there many, many times. Val Hill told me a story. I'm writing about this this week. I'll be shipping it over here in a minute. That BYU played the Bruins of UC Los Angeles in the Rose Bowl. And they had a better than average crowd for a non-conference game, which is typically early in the season. And UCLA did.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mike Garrett at the time was the SC athletic director, and he took note of it. And he said, "Hey, they can bring in more folks." Get them in our stadium, the Coliseum. Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, I believe it is called. Is it not? Fact. And so then in 2003, if I remember correctly, the Cougars went down there. And they had a crowd of over 75,000 that night. And that was, you know, the, the Trojans were really good back then. They were, I think they went 12-1 and 1 that year. The Cougars uh, led, trailed by three. Late in the fourth quarter, as he pulled away, Um, and then they came up the next year and played in uh, what was then Cougar Stadium. I think they went undefeated that year, as BYU played three undefeated teams with the Utes and Boise State later. And when you look at the Cougars, particularly for a non-power five, I'm not going to put them in the group of five because they're not in that, but they're definitely not in the power five, so they would be a non-power five. They're sort of in purgatory. It's a big phrase for Catholics. They can go out and schedule some big names that very few, certainly non-Power 5 teams or group of five teams, and many Power 5 teams have no chance at scheduling. They can. They've brought Notre Dame into their stadium multiple times, have they not? Not just once, but multiple times. And I get it. It might have to be a two-for-one, and I get that Notre Dame hasn't returned the trip and all that. But nevertheless, I have been in that stadium multiple times when the Irish were on the field. I've, of course, been at Notre Dame Stadium when the Cougars were out on the field. So they can get some form of a home-and-home with some of the biggest names. And very few teams have or can do that. So... That's the power of BYU. It's there. And to deny it is ridiculous. Now you'll say, oh, well, that's because of the church affiliation. They can go to Knoxville and draw
2: yes, Latter-day Saints I from will. around that area. I will say that. To Who which the answer gives is, a flying fetch? Uh, I was going to go with the answer is so what, but it's kind of the same thing. Nobody really cares where your fans come from as long as they come with their money and they pay to buy a ticket and they go into the stadium. Right. So it is how it happens, but if a fan comes from Louisiana or Tennessee or California or Utah, who cares?
3: I'm all for green.
1: (laughs) Yeah, had a kid bowler. That is part of their fan base. And if it's just they have a casual affiliation because of religious fan base, Tennessee does not
2: care. Ooh, like seeing those full seats. Yeah. Buying tickets. So they have a national following.
1: Those are factual statements. There's no point in arguing. Now, you're telling me people are arguing. It happens. I See, I immune myself's, myself to arguments. How do you do that? By immunity. <laughs> immunity in the community. That's what I do.
2: <laughs> I don't pay attention to the negative. I am all about the positive. Eric, I don't really consider many of those people, quote, a fan base. Back in the day when I lived in the eastern U.S., BYU was playing a road game in our area, and the local LDS leaders bought up a bunch of tickets and then at a state conference coerced the members to buy their tickets through oh, the guilt course, yeah. by questioning their loyalty to the church. What? <laughs> I don't seems, buy it. That seems rather intense. I don't buy it. Uh, I I don't think most people do. I <laughs> don't. A football yuck, do game. Yak, do the math on that. How many, uh, how many bishops and how many stake presidents would have to issue that's how many guild trips to move seven thousand tickets? Yeah, exactly. That's
1: a lie. That's lie, a lie. lie that's yeah. a typical Utah fan who has no problem lying because most of them don't have a conscience, and so they lie so willingly. I bet you that's how most Utes get
2: in the temple. Jeffrey, oh, I see what you did. Jeffrey, <laughs> it's never been an issue with the fan base. It's been an issue with talent level and depth. Well, that's two different things. We're not talking about the product out on the field.
3: We're talking about butts We're in seats. We're talking about
1: the fan base. So, obviously, they've had problems. I spoke to Aaron Roderick. We just played it, and I asked him about the ability to have explosive plays, and he said, paraphrasing, probably not. That's not who BYU is. <laughs> paraphrasing? Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> That's, right? That's exactly what he said. Well, we don't have a lot of first-round draft picks historically. Right. But we get it through execution. Right. All 11 guys, and this receiver moves this defender, and this running back occupies this guy, and the quarterback moves a guy with his eyes, and we hit on a big play. Yes.
1: Right. So we don't just, we're, we're going to line up, and we're going to beat you. You just do a fly- I'll drop back. You get by the dude.
2: I'll heave uh, it over the top. Yeah.
1: And you'll keep it. You'll be it.
2: behind everybody.
1: Yeah. That that doesn't happen. It happened uh, for a seasoned John Beck. He had Todd Watkins and Austin Colley, I think, were his receivers. And Todd had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Austin played a little longer until concussions got the best of him. But they both of them were excellent college receivers. I think they might have only played one year together. I can't remember because Todd was a J.C. transfer and then Austin went on a mission. So they didn't line up uh, for them to be together the two years. But I have to—I would have to double check that. You're right. Uh, so uh, at that time, sure right. they had guys who could beat you. But that's not historically, as Aaron Roderick has said and pointed out yesterday when I spoke to him, that that's not who they are. So they have to find other ways to beat you because they just don't have a plethora of one athletic dude after another. So they find other ways to beat you and uh, see what they do this year. But that has nothing to do with the fan base. The fan base is very, very good. The fan base is a Power 5 fan base. Why wouldn't you
2: fans or anybody's fans just say, yep, yes they, they are? They got a lot of fans. Yeah. Zach says there's five of us going to that Tennessee-BYU game from Utah. First, the Braves game on Thursday, and then the Cougars game on Saturday. I like the way you think, Zach.
1: I did that myself years ago. I did a Braves game on a Friday, and then a Georgia Tech-BYU game on a Saturday.
2: He's got himself about a a four-and-a-half-hour drive from Atlanta to Knoxville. It's got all day Friday to do it. Totally doable. I saw in the subway a chick fight going to the ball game. Going to ride the subway over the old stadium and mm-hmm. there were uh, two women throwing punches? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a freaking WMEA game. Griner humor right there, kids. <laughs> Brittany Griner.
1: I seen it with my own eyes. Yes. And then the next night in the press box, we had to evacuate because there was a fire. And we had to leave immediately. And we're running down stairwells. And we ran down the next stairwell, and the door was locked. And for about 30 seconds, I was in complete panic. And then we went down to the another one or the other one after that. And we got out, and we had to jump out onto the field. You're athletic enough to handle it. Well, actually, someone we found out later died in that fire. Had a heart attack? The, the st- I don't I remember no. the details, but I thought it was the fire. I well, don't know that it was a heart attack.
2: But. The stress of hitting a locked door while leaving the side of a fire, that would freak me out. You can go ahead and capitalize that. I would not be a happy camper.
1: Yeah, when that door was locked, there was as I say it's probably about 30 seconds where I thought, "Oh, we're in trouble." Yeah. And then we went down and the next level or so. And after that game, we were doing the interviews, and then you had to walk outside. It was raining like a mother at that point. You had to walk outside and then take a auxiliary elevator up to where we were to get to the press box and so we walk outside a little bit and as we walk outside I'm there with Jeff Call the D-News I'm sure he remembers it well and there was associate commissioner of the uh, Mountain West and there was this gal just screaming at him F-bombing him and it was massively awkward Wow because this person was not his spouse and he's trying to tell us, I have no, I I, 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 I don't know, I mean, and we're looking at, okay, something's going on here.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and meanwhile, we're just trying to get on the elevator, <laughs> and she's going to town on him.
2: Carry on. <laughs> just pressing the old up arrow <laughs> we're just right here. Be over here. It was a
1: Mountain West be administrator. Be Something be was on in a minute. going on. That night, that was a that was a wild weekend that we had down there in Atlanta. And then uh, OJ Simpson was staying in our hotel too, and that had been long after he had uh, walked free of two murders.
2: I didn't know that part of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple details I didn't know about the uh, awkward. Oh, sorry, our bad. Just moving through here. Didn't know about that conversation. Didn't know about OJ in the hotel. Yes. Talked to Larry King after that game. You know what he said to me? <laughs> I love your show, Patrick. Hello, PK. <laughs> <laughs> Brian says BYU is a Power 5 fan base with a G5 team and G5 local sports media covering it.
1: I don't even think that I'm even G5, I think I'm lower than that. D2,
2: D3.
3: NAIA.
1: Yeah,
2: I'd say junior college. JC. Yeah. J-C that, that's who
1: I am. Yeah. I definitely am. I you'd think after 17 years of doing this I would have a JC degree, but I don't.
2: Don't have the old A yet, <laughs> huh? Just a couple credits short. <laughs> Do some summer school PK. You
1: really at this point you can't try to minimize us. We've been doing it so long, really. Who gives a flying fetch what you think? Because <laughs> obviously we've got enough listeners. And we Yuck, were
2: you we on the dump button we, we, there? Do you think P.K. finally snapped? <laughs> we Bam. just
1: got re-upped, so we're going to be here for several more years. So speaking of immunity, your criticism of us, in ter- you can say we have dumb takes, and I don't have any problem with that because it's just we opinion. We fact. And I've heard you, some of mine. You... But to try to act like we're not this or that, we've been doing it.
2: So you're saying we got immunity in the Ag- community?
1: Well, not not necessarily, but because you still have to be on top of your job. You just can't try to mail it in. There's a reason why I went to Utah Monday, BYU Tuesday, Utah Wednesday. You know, you're trying to stay on top of your job as much as possible uh, so you're not... Not to the you're point. Not,
2: you're looking through the knot hole in yeah, the fence. You're
1: not mailing it in. No, I refuse to do that. I don't <laughs> Because you don't really need to do that because the games will be played right before us. So uh, we all get to evaluate. And that's the great... You can shut down everything all the time, but once a week, we're going to see and to be able to evaluate. So it doesn't really matter whether you allow us in, don't allow us in. It, it, it's really pointless. And once the game starts... I don't think that there's going to be any coach on the opposing side. Uh, Joe Blow from .com, three and a half weeks ago, he told me this. (laughs) So now we're going to do this. Ready? Let's get together. I mean, all that stuff is just paranoia on behalf of the coaches. As I said, I was speaking to BYU people yesterday, and they're talking about Utah and because that's their first opponent, obviously, so they freely talk about them. And they're saying, oh, yeah, we know why they're keeping it closed from you guys, because they're trying to install stuff on offense that they don't want us to know about. So they already know it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And the reality is there's only so much they can do that is going to catch you off guard, and it's a matter of if you execute it, because if you don't, who cares? So you got to line up and play football. But I get it's the coaching staff and Kyle's paranoid about that stuff. And I'd probably be exactly the same thing in his line of work. And Kalani didn't have any media in there. But you walk in there and every day you walk in, you see 40, 50 people who are already there. And all you got to do is buddy up to one of them and say what you see, and they're yeah. more than willing to tell you everything they you and, saw.
2: And in Utah, there's no way you go through life when you're that involved that you're you're one of the yeah. select forty who gets in. That you don't have relatives, neighbors, friends, coworkers, the other team stuff still spreads. Uh,
1: in my case, fellow church members, clearly, yes. So, and then that information, once the ball is in the air, whoop de doo. It doesn't matter. Are you going to be able to tackle me? Am I going to be able to get yardage uh, and all that type of stuff? We all know how the game is played. But they play those games to satisfy themselves, to help them sleep better. Because that's what I said earlier. For them, it's an occupation. And so it matters greatly. For me, it's entertainment. And the second that game is over in uh, a little over two weeks, I'm not gonna bat an eyelash either way. But I'm going to be entertained during the three and a half hours that I get to watch the game.
2: You go down in the field, somebody's oh. gonna wanna hug you.
1: That's the way it is, yeah. And that's that's how I that's like my sports. The, thanks, Walter. <laughs> when you're trained by him, what would you expect?
2: <laughs> that's this is what not it a, is.
1: that is, that's my occupation and Walter's legacy is what I take seriously. <laughs> You can mock that, but that's what matters no, to me. No, I don't want
2: to mock it. I want the Battle Hymn of the Republic. I love when you get up on the. It's, it's, it's on not, the not light about horse. patriotism.
1: I'm not Greg Popovich over here. You know, of course, as you know, Greg on Colin Kaepernick, he cared enough about his country to fix some things that were obvious that everybody knows about, but does nothing about. Yes, I can remember that time in Dallas where those people shot those five cops. I remember that well, and we need to do something about that for sure, Greg. Most definitely, we need to do something about that. Hey, most
0: definitely. Yeah, that's what I, yeah,
1: I would say. Let's do, let's right all wrongs, not selective wrongs, but all wrongs.
2: Got a whole back and forth between Utah and BYU fans over attendance. Is that ever going to grow old? Well, Utah fans, tell me why gonna... you give a crap. I don't understand
1: your program. The Hammer, John Wilner, has got you sixth in the country. Phil Steele, these are the two leading writers in your mind, Sniggy. And they've got you sixth and eighth. So who cares how many folks root for or follow whatever team? Utes and Cougars. Give me one Utah fan who has an excellent explanation as to why you would give a rip. Get on our app. I'll give you a nickel if you come up with an excellent response, because I don't understand it. It baffles my simple mind.
2: I think it goes back to the uh, 80s and 90s. We're not in the 80s or 90s. Doesn't matter. People have held on. They're not letting go. Why not? Because they're Utes and Cougars, and they loathe each other.
1: Yeah, but... You can't loathe something that, well, you can't debate, you can loathe it, you can't debate something that is a fact, particularly when it has no bearing upon you.
2: Actually, that's where we are as a country, PK. People cannot agree on the facts.
1: Or were, were we that way in the 80s and 90s? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Right. Well, because you brought it back. You said that's when it started.
2: I think that in the 80s, Utah lost a lot, and there were 17,000 people rattling around the stadium, and BYU made fun of Utah fans. And in the 90s, when BYU started or Utah started winning games, beating BYU head-to-head, sharing conference titles, well, you can't win an outright conference title. You're not really that big-time a program. You only had 25,000 people rattling around in the stadium. Attendance didn't take off until... The Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. And at that point, Ute fans were obsessed. You still, of course, your stadium's full. It only seats 45,000. And then Ute fans got obsessed with stadium expansion. And I think we got a current athletic director and a former athletic director who can tell you the fan base is pretty motivated to talk about stadium expansion. Well, it's over now. They're
1: expanding. <laughs> There's no longer reason, any reason to talk about Taking it. Taking some of the juice out of that. Yeah, but
2: my stadium expansion has nothing to do with how many folks you have. Or how many games your team wins, which is kind of the point of all of this, right? Counting up how many games teams win? Well, I think it can help. Certainly, big picture, where the Utes are now versus when the stadium was half full, it absolutely helps. Helps recruit, you get better talent, you win more games. But at the point where they are now, the stadium environment is great, and it's packed, and so whether it's 45, 55, or 65,000, I don't think it's going to have a big impact on recruiting now. Oh, I think it's going to have a huge impact
1: because really? it's not just stadium expansion that they're doing. It's facility improvement that is a That's part true. of That'll the process. Up. Yeah, better and,
2: locker rooms, something to tour.
1: And it is not the actual day of the game. It's not going to help, but it's amount of revenue that will be increased that therefore then you throw back into your football program. So stadium expansion has a lot to do with improving the football program because of the facility improvement that they're going to have in the South area for the team – And then, of course, if you put in an extra fifteen thousand people, whatever your stadium expansion might be, that's increased revenue that you use for your football program. And we saw somebody had that the Utah spends the most on recruiting out, and they don't really know what Stanford and SC do because they're private institutions. Public schools, yeah. Yeah, But the other ten, they're spending the most. Well, right now they're getting the biggest bang for their buck. And if they have more bucks to spend, well, then logically conclude that they can do more. So, yes, I think it has a direct impact. It potentially can have a
2: direct impact. You can take all the money and waste it.
1: You could, yeah, or you can miss on guys. You can recruit a Tuttle who's you spend all this time, <laughs> and then you bypass recruiting Zach Wilson, and you blew that case because that kid takes off, and you you know, didn't do enough homework or whatever it is. I you know there's stories out there as to why he left that really haven't been public. In addition to whatever has been public,
2: but, but at the end of the day, Halloween rolled around, and he wasn't here for Halloween his freshman year. So right,
1: he was gone, yeah. and a player you could have had. It's a double whammy is that you didn't get him, and, and I think Wilson's a good player, and then he goes to your rival, and now you're going to have to play against him, most likely for at least two, maybe three more years. And you know if he's good enough, he'll, he might get you one of those times, maybe even two of those times, maybe zero. We'll see how it plays out. So you can miss on recruits, or most likely with Utah, they're known, they've pretty much built a program on not missing but actually taking advantage and coaching up and building up undervalued or understarred high school players who turn into really good players. Trevor Riley will tell you he was a two-star coming out of high school. How in the world he was a
2: two-star? I have no idea. <laughs> but guess who ended up getting I mean, NFL paychecks? Yeah, just
1: look at his frame ought to indicate that he would add a star or two He must that have name. been skinny. I, I don't know what his deal was. All I know is down in Provo a few years back, he broke out. And then he became a star, one of the greatest interviews when he was 22. He felt like he was 40 talking to him, and he's really great to talk to. He's about as personable as anybody you'll ever meet, and now he's on their staff after having played in the NFL for a number of years. So that's the program that they've built, and they've done a marvelous job at taking these, if you want to call them diamonds or whatever you want, and making these kids being great, great players. So all that stuff goes into it but if if i'm a ute it's all about the utes to quote that miami hurricane song
3: it's all about the utes yeah
1: (laughs) you're you're at such a place now that it's pretty much to the point of irregardless of what the cougars do it really doesn't matter when the pac-12 south when the pac-12 go to the rose bowl you're a better program than them. So if they have 30,000 folks who go to Knoxville, more you power to you. still will
2: need to win the Pac-12 South, yeah. win the Pac-12, and go to the Rose Bowl. And you're a better program. If they take 30, Yeah, it's all about the Utes. It's all about the Utes. It's all about the
1: Utes. Hey, it's all about the Utes. Hey, it's all about the Utes. Hey, it's all about the Utes. Hey, hey.
2: Probably some people in Dade County just be horrified right now. Who cares about Dade County? Well, they might be listening on I the old I care about interwebs. Davis County. That's what I uh, care about. That a kid. How's <laughs> that I-15 commute this morning, people? All right, got to take a break. When we come back, the countdown, it continues. The numbers are getting tinier and tinier. We'll get to that next. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
0: 3, 2, 1, 1. Countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60.
2: Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save, that's Diamond Airport Parking.
1: Love myself some complimentary bottled water. I'm going to have a swig of bottled water right now.
2: 85 down, 15 to go on the countdown. Two weeks from tomorrow, Utah and BYU, the 100th meeting. (sighs) Yuck, the number 15 resonates because?
3: Well, it happens to be the number on the jersey of the last two quarterbacks to win the game on either side of this rivalry. Max Hall, 2009, the overtime win, thrown to Andrew George, and last year, Jason Shelley, starting quarterback for Utah in that game. What? Is freaking
1: freaky right there Max Hall the ghost of Max Hall lives on them classless bombs who knew when we walked out of that room when max of course according to his mother baited by me
2: yes you were baited he was baited into it yes on the field of the Vegas Bowl getting in my grill <laughs> <laughs>
1: Telling me that I baited Max Hall
2: into saying that. Yes. You're a bad man to quote Muhammad Ali. Jeez. So just a fun
3: coincidence. Last two starting quarterbacks. Fifteen win the game. versus fifteen. Mm-hmm. One happens to be nine years ago. One happened. Well, actually, ten years ago. I know. I mean, you go back. <laughs> what?
2: You had the high-sugar cereal for breakfast this morning. I have the same
1: crap I have every day. <laughs> yeah,
2: you do. <laughs> I can actually see what you eat. Just play along. It's radio, okay?
1: <laughs> I have my one meal a day. I'll have it later at
2: about... How's that uh, protein bar? It tastes like cardboard.
1: This stuff does, yeah. yeah I know. This is crap, but <laughs> keeps the weight down. What are you going to do? <laughs> Weighed myself this morning. 179. <laughs> There it is. Got naked. Stepped on the hey scale. Hey now. Well, that's how you weigh yourself. I mean, we're adults here,
2: and we got a medical person in the room. Yeah, another adult just walked <laughs> in, Andrew Reinhart. <laughs> Big and a naked. (laughs) Well, eventually, if you're going to go to Wasatch Medical Clinic, right? We hope. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 801-901-8000 is the number for the Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew is here. The permanent and scientifically proven treatment for ED that's surgery-free, drug-free, and needle-free. So really... Permanent.
3: Yeah, I think that you'll get many, many years out of this. We have a program where you can come back and get, I call it a refresher session every now and again if things fade. But it's so different than the medication in that you don't have to do it every time. Um You go through a few treatments at our clinic in Murray using the acoustic wave therapy. It opens up the blood vessels in this part of the body, and then you're done. Yeah, I mean, this is not something you have to redo yearly. That's what's so cool is it's the first and only thing that treats the root cause of erectile dysfunction, which is blood flow. So no pills, no injections, no surgery. It's the first natural approach.
2: So, for ED, and I didn't know this until I was in studio, actually, I think I was filling in on another show when you were yeah. in, and, uh, or maybe Scotty G was in filling in on this one, but he started talking, and I had no idea about this, that ED can be linked to other health issues that yeah. people have.
3: Yeah, I would say prostate issues, diabetes, and maybe super high blood pressure would be the three main triggers I see. Mm-hmm. O- on the other hand, I have triathletes that come in that are perfectly healthy, too. So, it, there isn't a, a hard rule on this, but we can work with it all. Um, The diabetics seem to come in more often than than not, and and, uh, it's pretty easy to help them. So if you've got underlying health conditions, we can work with it, very likely. 801-901-8000 801-901-8000 is the number, and you got a deal now. We do. So call in. Uh, we're going to do a free assessment with our doctor, and that includes an overview of you. You're probably wondering why you have ED. So this is for a guy that's curious, that wants to come in. There's no sales process. Just kind of see what it's about. Um, call us right now. We will do that initial assessment along with a blood flow ultrasound totally free, which is normally about a $300 value.
2: Andrew Reinhardt. Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.